Welcome to the Brilliant Business Moms podcast, episode 134, with Sarah Kornack and Bethann Schwamberger. Today on the show, we're talking with Lori Heiss of the blog Passionate Penny Pincher. Lori has been blogging for several years now and has built it up to a full-time income. She also shares some interesting Facebook strategies and explains why Facebook is her baby. I know that you're going to love getting to know Lori. So let's get started. You're listening to the Brilliant Business Moms podcast, practical business advice for startup moms. Today on the podcast, we are pleased to welcome Lori Heiss of the blog Passionate Penny Pincher. Lori earns a full-time income from her blog, and she's going to share with us today some of her secrets to success. And I have to point out really quickly that we noticed Lori because of this incredibly honest post that she wrote about making money blogging. And so we'll definitely make sure we link to that in the show notes because it was so well written. And I think you'll agree with us that Lori is just a genuine down to earth mom like all of us. And so yeah, we're really excited to to chat with her today. And Lori lives in Ohio with her husband and three children. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Lori, could you begin by telling us a little bit more about yourself, your family, and your blog, Passionate Penny Pincher? So I'm married to James. We've been married almost for 20 years this summer, which is crazy to me. We've got three kids. Jackson is 15, Caroline's 12, and Reagan is 8. And I started Passionate Penny Pincher almost six years ago and just kind of Really, really on a whim. But when I started, it was public penny pincher because I live down south in Alabama. And shortly after, I switched to passionate penny pincher. So, Lori, you mentioned that you started your blog about six years ago. What made you decide to start a blog and maybe kind of describe those early years of your blog? So, totally on a whim back in 2009, I had been, I was always a frugal person. So we just were frugal people. We'd lived that way our whole lives, our whole married life. And I was starting to kind of get the itch to work and make some money. My youngest was two at the time. So I was just kind of looking for a potential way to make it some income. I think at that point I read, I was reading blogs and forums. And I mean, I was spending hours couponing because I was just, I love couponing. I love saving money. So while I was doing that, I read Money Saving Mom, Crystal Payne. I know y'all know her did a great series on how to blog for income. And I thought there is no way that this can really happen. But I kind of dug into it a little bit. And actually, my my husband's father, my father-in-law, got West Nile that fall. So it was like September, October of that year. At the same time, all these ideas were going on in my head. And he was basically like in a coma for four months. It was just a crazy time. So my husband was away taking care of his dad. I was worried and couldn't sleep at night. So when I couldn't sleep, I would just research all night. You know, how could this ever happen? And then when we really, I kind of got serious about it, I mentioned to my husband, and I really prayed about starting the site a whole lot. And what's been amazing to me is I, when I prayed about it, I thought blogging to me sounded so stupid. I was like, it sounds so self-absorbed, and I just couldn't imagine doing it, honestly. But I prayed about it, and I felt like, I really felt like God said, you know, I want you to do it, but I want you to donate half to mission work. And I remember going and being like, Lord, you know, maybe like a 70-30 split. But at that point, I didn't think talking could make any money. I just didn't see it doing anything. So I remember being like, well, you know, if it ever makes $100, I guess I could donate 50 but it's never going to make $50, you know. So it was just kind of that mindset. But I decided to go with it. And so I prayed about it, talked to my husband, and he thought I was crazy and because I had never made any money ever. So it wasn't like there was any hope that I'd really make an income. 
but that's kind of how it started. And so we do still donate half to mission work, which has just been a really crazy, cool, crazy, cool thing to get to do. That is amazing that you are donating half of your income still after all these years. That is wonderful that you're able to do that. I saw that you mentioned on your blog that you started out with kind of a handful of contemporaries that started out blogging the same time as you. You were following their blogs. And now, six years later, you are the only one out of that group you were following at the time that is still blogging. So what makes it so difficult for people to keep up with blogging, and and how did you last for so long? Well, I think, you know, there definitely were some blogs out there that started that definitely have started at the same time and went way farther. But the the ones that I was reading in my little feed, none of them, when I checked back, are still there. I think it's just you have to be so consistent. So every day, or at least, I guess, in other areas, definitely in frugal blogging, you have to be blogging every single day. And for years, at least for me, I mean, I was making nothing. And so probably the first year to two years was maybe a small income, but such so small that just nobody would really be willing to commit to something like that. So I guess that's probably why there are so many great sites out there too. So there's lots of competition, I think. Well, we're glad that you kept going, Lori, especially with, you know, the impact that you're making by donating and and how you've helped your family, too. That's awesome. I know you published a great article, which we'll link to in our show notes about, you know, how your blog is a success. But you also mentioned that it was a bit of a tough article for you to write. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think it's just, I guess I don't want to sound obnoxious like I've been, I guess, to me, I hear people who say they're crazy successful, and I just think that sounds so, I don't know, it just doesn't, to me, I'm really just a wife and a mom who's kind of gotten lucky on things online that have just worked well. So I think I was just nervous to really say that it has been successful, but at the same time, I do want to encourage moms, there is work online or in other ways. I think there's so many entrepreneurial things out there that people just don't even know about. So I think I wrote it mostly saying, you know, there are things you can do. You're going to have to work very hard at it, but it is, there are jobs out there. So Lori, related to that idea that you were hesitant to write that article and call yourself a success. And when you first thought of blogging, you were thinking it's a very kind of showy thing to do. So you sound like kind of a more private type of a person. So how have you reconciled kind of putting yourself out there blogging with what it sounds like is you're a more keep-to-yourself type of a person. So how do you mesh the two? It's really, really hard. I think it has helped so much as I've seen success from it to be a little bit more willing to say to share because I think, honestly, I know when I read a blog, the more that I'm, you know, and know that person and can engage with them, the more interested I am in following their site. Like, I know that's a real person. So I've had to Honestly, I look at it and when I see money come in because of ads or affiliate links or something, I know that you have to be willing to put something out there to establish that a relationship. So it, it kind of makes me stick with it, even though um, it is a little uncomfortable at times, for sure. I think you're right, Lori, that, you know, there is a balance. I mean, I think obviously we don't have to share every detail of every day with our audiences. But like you said, if you're sharing more of yourself and who you are, then that's how people connect with you. And, you know, at the end of the day, there are, we all have a blog where there's 
you know, hundreds or thousands of other similar blogs. So it's kind of like, you know, what's going to set us apart? What makes our readers connect to us instead of someone else? So I think that's really true that, you know, finding that way to stretch yourself and put yourself out there is really important. Okay, let's dive into some more of your blogging advice, Lori. I just loved what you had to say in your article. And you mentioned choosing a business that people actually need as one of the best things a blogger can do. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, I think there are so many ways to find something that your reader might need. And so when I first started, I was Publix penny pincher. And I remember thinking, all I'm going to do is I'm going to write recipes that will match up with the Publix sales ad. And I'm going to give my readers this recipe and a menu plan, and that's going to help them. And so that was really my only goal was just really being very specific. And then it kind of grew into doing scenarios and other things, obviously. But I think it was never just that I wanted to blog for the sake of blogging, which if you love to write and are a fantastic writer and people are going to come to your site because you're just a great writer, then, you know, and if you have neat stories to tell, that works. I am not that exciting. So I can write things, but I can find things that people really need and think about. So I'm constantly thinking, how can something I write today be beneficial and make this moms, especially for me, obviously I'm geared towards moms who are saving money. How can I make their life a little bit better by something that I give them today? That makes a lot of sense, catering to their needs to keep them coming back for more. You've got you've got what they need, so they keep coming back. Some other advice that you give sounds a little bit counterintuitive, which I think is interesting. Uh, you talk about focusing on the business, not the money, and about setting your expectations low. <laughs> So what do you mean by those things? They sound like the complete opposite of what we might hear other places. Probably so. And probably partly because I think I came from a background where, I mean, I really never made more than 6 or $7 an hour prior to blogging. So I never had this expectation. I think some people come into blogging from, you know, years of marketing or advertising. I didn't have that experience, which is probably why it took me so long. Well, it is why it took me so long to figure out what I was doing. But I think because I just didn't have this crazy high expectation, any time that I made any money was such a big win for me that I was encouraged to keep going. So it wasn't like I had this crazy expectation of I'm going to have this many page views and I'm going to have this much income. I was just determined to get any page views and income was exciting for me. So when I started blogging in the very beginning, I really just focused on traffic and not really numbers at all. So I wasn't trying to make money. I was just always driving traffic. And even now when I have a day where I'm a little bit below what I'd like to be or um, in a certain month where things aren't going as well, I really try to reassess and say, how can I drive traffic? And I never worry about the money end of it. I always just focus on bringing more traffic to my site because for me, that's usually what um, helps to make more money anyways. I think those are good points, Lori. And sometimes I, I have to admit, I when I think about Sarah and mine's site, which it's a little different since we have the podcast too, but sometimes I'm like, well, geez, maybe we should focus more on traffic instead of like, we're always kind of focusing on marketing and products. And I think we do a good job with that. But I'm like, man, we probably wouldn't have to market so much if we just drove more traffic <laughs> to our site. So I think that's a good point. And I think too, especially for, you know, a mom like you, and like so many of the moms listening where, you know, marketing might not be 
it might not be second nature for you. That might be something that feels tricky and difficult. But like you said, if you're being super helpful and you're driving a lot of traffic, well, then, you know, the revenue does does follow that. With that being said, I would love to hear maybe some of your tips for how you're able to grow your blog's traffic. Well, I definitely, for me, Facebook, probably, I know we'll talk about that a little bit more, but it has definitely been my biggest traffic source. So I definitely constantly kind of, I feel like I baby that the most because it's kind of the thing that does bring the most traffic. So I'm constantly trying to get out there. I also just try to set up my email, anything I can do to get in a group that might help share things. I still sometimes send things to other bloggers if I think it might share well with them. So anything I can do to kind of just market myself for free, I definitely do that. I think it's interesting that you said Facebook from so many bloggers we hear, Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinterest. I wonder if like the deal aspect of your blog, that immediacy makes Facebook more relevant to your audience than Pinterest? It probably does, I guess, make it more relevant on some things. I will say Pinterest is fast, fast coming up and is it used to be a far second one for me. It is probably now probably drives maybe half to, I'm guessing half. I haven't looked at the numbers, honestly, to be specific. But I the deals actually on Facebook really aren't getting seen, but content posts, because I really, really do nurture my Facebook page. So I do a lot to make that page do well. And I do still see good traffic from Facebook. There are seasons, though, or even weeks like last week, things looked really, really low. This week, things are doing pretty well on Facebook. So I have no I don't trust Facebook at all. I feel like it could go at a second, but for right now, it's working for me. So I think it's such a hard, it's such a hard thing because it does have the potential for such growth, but it also is so you just never know what you're going to get. So I also find it interesting that you're saying it's the content posts on Facebook that do better for you than the deals. So that kind of is counterintuitive to what I was thinking, that it was the deals and the immediacy on Facebook that was working in your favor. Now, I know that you've slowly started to add over the years some additional topics that you talk about on your blog. Do you think that's contributing to the content post doing well on Facebook and then also on Pinterest? I think so. I think, you know, when I started, extreme couponing was huge back when I started. And so everybody was watching that and wanted to see how did these crazy couponers were going out and getting all this amount of all these things. So I really focused on that. And I think as I've tweaked things, just as people aren't really going to go in extreme coupon because so much has changed in the deal aspect. Stores are different. Everything's different than when I started. As that's kind of changed and my readers' needs have changed, I've kind of tweaked things. I don't necessarily think Facebook, I don't know. I guess there is Facebook, still, there are some deals that I'll post, and they go wildly. Like, if I say Starbucks on Facebook, it always is a guarantee that I'm going to get a lot of traffic. <laughs> ones that, you know, definitely always have really um, traffic. I had something the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I was shocked at the crazy traffic that it had. But typically, deals do not get seen, and I'm not sure if that's because of a Facebook algorithm that they – which I understand is probably not – they don't want people using Facebook as a way to promote thing, uh, selling necessarily – So I'm not quite sure, but the content posts by far are the things that do so much better. And again, I don't know if that's due to an algorithm. I just, that's just what I'm tracking when I look at it. 
I wish we had like a magic word that would all of a sudden drive tons of traffic to our blog. That would be sweet. Well, and especially if our magic word was Starbucks. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's my magic word every day. Well, and it is fascinating to me to see how there are certain things that like will sometimes go nuts. And then like, the, like I had one post this morning that I posted it like on Monday and the graphic was crazy. It was Goodwill. People, my readers love Goodwill. I love Goodwill. Anytime if I go to Goodwill, I'll post, you know, the pictures of my store and what I bought. And the other day I posted it and I mean, it was nothing that exciting, but people, it was just what we'd gotten and it was exciting to be, but I didn't know that it would be exciting. People, people were nuts and it got a ton of traffic. Today, same post. I was just reposting it. It got nothing. So it is so hard because you never know when it's going to be the right time and the right people on to really drive traffic to that post. Yeah, and Lori, I wanted to point out a few things for anyone who's listening. I'm, I went over to your Facebook page so I could kind of study it and <laughs> see what you're doing. <laughs> and I definitely see that, like you said, your content posts. So I'm seeing like your recipe posts or even a recipe roundup, like, you know, 18 crockpot dinners. And then you have like a countertop redo. Those posts, yeah, those are doing amazing and you're getting a lot of shares. I mean, I see this one post on your page, 1,415 shares. And it's Woo! for, oh, and I guess actually this one came from Money Saving Mom. So, but then it's 17 chicken crock pot freezer meals, which, yeah, sounds good. I mean, I'm like, I'm interested already. But then, yeah, even your own content's getting lots of shares. And then I want to point out the other thing, though, is it looks like you post like every hour around the clock. I, yeah, yeah, I probably, in fact, that's where I, that's my, the flaw that I do see with Facebook is I put basically very little effort into Pinterest at all and see probably half the traffic. I literally, Facebook is my baby that I refuse to give off to anybody else. It's kind of the one thing that I have one assistant who helps and she does post like one recipe in the morning for me, but the rest of it, 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 that's a very specific, like we have a specific setup, but everything else I do myself. And, and I have a huge schedule and it's probably every 40 to 50 minutes throughout the day. I don't post anything from about 1.15 a.m. to 5.15 a.m., but it is, it is a monster. <laughs> so I feel like it's, it does bring great traffic, but it also, it is a lot of work. A lot of work goes into that. That's definitely where I spend the most, I would say that's where I spend more time than anything else. Okay, so I'm curious, Lori, when did you decide to really focus on Facebook and how did you kind of amp up how often you were sharing? Because I guess it seems like, okay, for example, let's take our tiny Facebook page, which has like 4,500 fans. I feel like if we started posting every hour, it would be like insane. So I'd love to hear about like when you kind of started that and amped it up. And then, yes, I would love to hear too how you schedule all of this or organize it so I don't know at exact I don't even remember at what point I really decided there I don't know if there was ever a choice remember as a deal blogger I probably am posting 15 to 25 deals every day on on my site so there's just a lot of content that needed to get out there and I used to post pretty much almost I would say at least 20 deals from my site to my Facebook wall so it was a lot. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if there was any method to it. It was just kind of random. And I, for a long time, did about every hour. And then I think in the last probably six months to a year, I tweaked it down to 40 to 50 minutes, mostly because that really has been where all of my traffic has come from. And I would say, I know so many people have said Facebook has changed so much. 
for me, about a year ago, I think everybody it definitely does not like my own content as well as somebody else's. So like the link to Money Saving Moms, it always likes when I link out better than when I link to my own stuff. But I have found that the more that I'm willing to share other people's content, gosh, it just does so much, so much better for me. So I try to think of it as more that I'm just the curator for content and not necessarily the star of the show on Facebook. Like they're going to be as I, as long as I'm driving stuff that will really help my readers. So like if I'm a reader and I write any time that I post other people's finance blogs, that they have great tips on saving money, other crockpot recipes, I just kind of think of Facebook kind of now as a different a separate item almost than my blog. You know, it's a, a different thing. So I don't necessarily post everything for my blog. In fact, probably only 50% of what I post on Passionate Penny Pincher actually makes it to the Facebook wall, if that makes sense. And then what was the other question? The other question was, how do you schedule all of this Facebook content? So I've gone through different ways for years, probably the last two or three years. It's kind of been just willy-nilly. I set it up whenever I can. Recently, I've made kind of a good little schedule throughout the day, and it basically has, like, I schedule content posts of my own a certain number of times. I schedule outlinks to other people, to like, a certain number of times a day. Not So it's varied. So, like, it'll have a content post of my own, then maybe a deal post, then maybe a content to someone else, and then a recipe. So it's kind of varied. And I just have a little very simple spreadsheet, and I check it off when I'm all done for the day. And it still takes forever because just finding other people's good content is hard to find, too. But it's really fun when I find something, especially if I find something of another blogger that maybe they wouldn't normally get that kind of traffic. It's been so fun to be able to send people lots of traffic when they're writing great content. And other people have done it for me. So I know Money Saving Mom has been fantastic to share stuff of my own. And one day it dawned on me, I was like, why am I not sharing more of her stuff? And so I think the more that you're just willing to share, it really is such a, it's it's a win-win for everyone, I feel like. So... Back to the issue of sharing. So you find that when you share other people's content, that it helps Facebook to show followers your content also more often. I definitely feel like that. In fact, if I start seeing my numbers drop, that's kind of what I immediately think, okay, how can I be more generous with sharing stuff? And it always, it just, not always. And like I said, had you talked to me a week ago, Facebook was doing horribly, and then this week it's up again. So, <laughs> so it is no guarantee. So whatever you do know that what works today is not going to work tomorrow. And I just keep telling myself it's going to keep my brain very young because I'm <laughs> thinking, okay, now I have to learn a new method. But it does seem like the more I'm willing to share other people's information, it definitely does. It's a win-win. Okay. Well, that's Really interesting. Good to know. And then, so you're doing all of this scheduling within Facebook. That's one question I have. And then the other is, how often are you reposting the same stuff that your own content? Like you mentioned earlier that you reposted something. How often do you do that? And how long do you wait before you repost? I probably, because I'm posting so much, I usually will, like, think of different times during the day. So if I have a big content post, like I think today we just did a really, really good post that I'm excited about for 100, or I guess it's, it was 87. We were trying to get to 187 restaurants where kids eat free. And so I'll post that today probably around the 2 o'clock hour, and then I'll probably wait and post it again either tomorrow night or maybe even, let's see, Days, maybe even Saturday morning, because those are hot, like nighttime and morning weekends, weekend mornings do really well. So I usually will post it one time in the afternoon hour, and then I'll wait 
24 to 48 hours long again and repost it. And then I just kind of put it in my, if it does well, then I put it in my kind of group of things to repost. And I might repost it every, probably every month or two. I don't have a great schedule to that, so it's pretty random. But I do try to repost things, especially if it's good content. That way I'm reusing what I already have done. And all of this is through just like the Facebook scheduling tool. Yep, yep. I use all, I don't use anything else. So I'm just using their plain old very simple one because I don't know how to do well. I no, I guess I've tried. I did try Buffer and that didn't work as well for me. Hmm. That's that's interesting. And I mean, I've heard that as well. That even scheduling within Facebook, that they kind of view that better and maybe would show your content more. I'm curious too with your Facebook strategy, Lori. Are you part of some official Facebook share groups as well? I'm in a couple groups that we just kind of have drop links in and they have definitely been helpful. So you really, there's just, if you can find a group, if there's some another group of bloggers who's willing to share content, then it definitely is nice to have those as a place to drop your links. I'm not in, I don't do all of that. I do a lot of things. If I happen to be scrolling through Facebook and I see something that I know my readers will love, I just tag it, I flag it to save, and then I pop it in whenever I need a other post. So I kind of do both, but I'm constantly trying to look for good stuff, and I definitely search Pinterest also for good content. Okay, this may be a super stupid question, <laughs> but I'll ask it, and we can take it out if, <laughs> if it is super stupid. <laughs> but you're talking about scrolling through and flagging stuff to save. I'm not sure I know what that is. Like, so you can flag stuff on Facebook. Am I just a dunce when it comes to Facebook? Or? I had my phone with me. I just threw my phone out. But I was <laughs> basically, when you scroll through your feed, like I don't even, I really don't allow myself a whole lot of time to even look at Facebook. So I don't look at it all that often, but if I've got downtime and I'm scrolling through, I'll usually on my phone, there's a little place, I'm trying to think, I think it's the little carrot at the top right of the post, and you can just click, You click, it pops down and there's a place to click save, and I just save them, and then when you go to your home screen on Facebook, they're already there, which is great, because then I've already got, like, if there's videos that I can just tell are going viral, then I'm always going to obviously link to anything that's doing well. Okay, I'm... This is interesting. I actually grabbed my phone, and so I'm looking at... Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're like, how do we do this? All I see when I do the carrot is I see X, I don't want to see this, or X hide all ads from Amy Porterfield. That's what I was on. Sorry, Amy. I'm not going to hide your ads. I like you. I don't see a place... I see something different. I see, like, edit, copy link, or... I don't know, something else. I left the screen. When I see it on mine, of course, that's so funny that it would be different. Mine says, like, if I click the little carrot up at the top right of the post, so where it's like, so if you're looking at it, I'm just trying to scroll through and find one that would be similar. Hang on. Well, actually, there's a friend of mine shared one of mine. So, okay. So you're going to go through, and there's a little, right at the top of the, right of the post, there's a little arrow that pops down, like, above. It says, Judy Hart shared passionate Penny Pinterest photo. So thank you, Judy. And right there, it, you can, when you click on that, it says hide post, unfollow, report this post, or save link. Huh. Okay. I don't see exactly that. Okay. But I managed to find one that says save link now. If I, I had to go into like just regular Facebook and then find our page. And then when I'm on our page, 
if I hit the carrot now. Like, so I didn't go into my manager. I just went like regular Facebook, got on our page. And then now I see save link, add this to your saved links. Yeah. So you can do that. Like if I was on somebody else's page. Right. I could go to Money Saving Mom and save her links too. Correct. Correct. Oh, my goodness. Interesting because I still, guys, I still, I'm trying to do everything you're saying. (laughs) I don't see this option. I wonder, though, if my phone needs updated. It probably does. But it's weird because, like, I... She, I still don't see the exact same list of stuff that she sees yeah. on her phone. Yeah. And, I'm going to screenshot it, and I'll email okay. it to you. Like I just oh, awesome. So, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, and, cool. And I wonder if it works on, like, because I actually, I mean, I use my phone for Facebook, but I'm actually new to the smartphone world, so I use Facebook on my laptop more often, mm-hmm. and I wonder well, if, the if the carrot is still there. It is still there, because I use Okay. Yeah, you should definitely Ooh. use it. Did you find it? You got a carrot? Sorry. Yeah, well, so I have the carrot on my phone, but yeah. literally the carrot on my phone only lets me block people's posts. <laughs> like, it doesn't <laughs> let me do anything nice, but I'm on, um, on my desk. Top, if I go to Passionate Penny Pincher, your Facebook page, then yeah, then I get a carrot and it says I can and I can save the link. So that's super fun. So I just saved the snackadium. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, that's yeah. So that is awesome. So then okay. So then here's my next question though. Then where do those saved okay. links go? Where? <laughs> okay. So now go to your home screen. Like I, don't, I think it actually you can get them on your phone. I think too. Hang on, I'm looking at my phone to figure out how I can get to it. You can get to it for sure on your phone, but you can also get to it. Let's see. Let me look here. Okay, so if you go to on your phone, if you click on the more button in the bottom right hand corner, it shows like your name and your pages, friends, events, groups, pages, ad managers, and then saved. So that's how you would do it on your phone. On your regular laptop or desktop, you would go to click the home button. Like if you're, you know, just scrolling through your feed on the left hand side, you'll see it over there in the left sidebar. I do see it. And I'm so turkey. I always forget where it's at. So I always have to control. What is it? Control F and (laughs) and just type in. um, And I just type in whatever. What's it called? Saved. And then I find it quickly because I'm lazy. This is so genius because then, so I went over to my saved links. I just have like five things in there. Then there's literally a share button right there. So like so easy, hit share. Then I pick, obviously I want to share it to like a page I manage. So I pick Brilliant Business Moms and like, bam, done. I can go share your Buffalo chicken sliders. I mean, I won't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Our audience doesn't. They'd be like, where did this come from? But yeah. Yeah. So I didn't go through all of those steps to find the saved. I I got lost in the middle of that. But can you also decide when you like, is that there for a long time? And then you can use that to schedule far out into the future with? Yeah, as far as I can tell, they're there until you delete them. So I usually will let them up and then I delete them pretty quickly. Because I'm posting gosh, probably 25 or 30 a day. I've never, ever gotten past being more than a day or two ahead of schedule. I don't know that I've ever even been two days ahead of schedule. But, yeah, you definitely could, especially if you're, you know, posting 
much less frequently, it would you'd be easy to just save those and then reuse them whenever you need them. Okay, that's awesome. Because, I mean, technically, if you wanted to share something, you can always just go to the page and hit the share button, too, to share somebody's Facebook post. But this combined with collecting them all in one location, mm -hmm. yours plus other people's, yeah. and then scheduling them out. Yeah. Wow, I love it. Awesome. Well, and I think being Facebook, being as smart as Facebook is, it will then give you more of those kinds of posts in your feed, obviously, because so then it's kind of nice, too, because I feel mm. like I see those probably more often than I would see them if I wasn't using them. Does that make sense? So true. I, for me, it's definitely been just a nice little easy way to keep things that I see that are worth posting. So then it makes it easier to find the articles that you want to share because Facebook sees that you're saving them and so then they show you more like it right right sweet <laughs> yeah this is <laughs> really we have learned a lot of new things today about facebook thank you so much Lori. <laughs> i know if that one was an easy one <laughs> <laughs> this was an unexpected rabbit trail that yes. has worked out very well I, I have to say, Lori, like this little trick and your success with Facebook, but I mean, this is so how we are, like so fickle, but it makes me want to just spend a little bit more time on Facebook and, and test these little tricks to see what sort of results can can be obtained. So I'm excited to, to really try this technique out and see what happens. I think it's so worth just watching people who you can tell which pages are doing well. And I think just watching them and seeing like I constantly I, I think because I'm fascinated by it. I think it's just I'm fascinated by it. So I just watch what pages are doing well and say, OK, what are they doing that I could do my in my own world better? You know, and so it, it really does make such a huge difference. Super smart. Yeah. To observe what others are doing. They've put in the hard work of figuring things out. And if it's working for them use the same thing for yourself. That's brilliant. So Lori, one question I wanted to ask you, we've talked about lots of awesome Facebook stuff, but one Pinterest question I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned this in your post, was that you've kind of gotten over the fact that you kind of have to have I don't know, maybe like you called it an obnoxious girl personality when it comes to some of this stuff you do with your blog. For instance, you mentioned specifically using all caps when you do a title or doing your 10 best tips yeah. type of a post to get, you know, the talking in absolutes and exclamation points and, you know, things like that to get your post noticed on Pinterest or to attract people there. So, how, I mean, how have you been able to reconcile that? And I guess you must feel like those techniques are working for you if you're continuing to do that. Yeah, that has definitely been my hardest, I think, thing for me is I, like if you knew me, certainly blogging has brought me a lot out of my shell, but I'm pretty timid and not very noisy in real life. And so to then have to say all the time, definitely everything's in caps probably more on Facebook, definitely on Pinterest as well. And the whole right now, you know, if you say seven tips to a brilliant business, then you're going to, it's going to all of a sudden do so much better than if you just say, 
you know, these are, this is how you should run a successful business. We've noticed that even like we had posts that we were putting tons of energy. My one assistant does an amazing job of getting all these store matchups together and she was spending all this time and they were never getting seen because we were calling it like Kroger coupon matchup. And we changed it to seven deals you need to get at Kroger this week. All of a sudden, those posts were getting seen and we realized it was just having to be a little bit louder than everybody else. So I think just really thinking, not that you want to be obnoxious and not that you want to sell your soul or anything like that. <laughs> but I think, you know, even things like I hate having lots of ads on my site. I hate that there is a pop-up right there. And I've heard people say, I'll never put a pop-up on my site. It's horrible. Well, ultimately, I have to remind myself this is a business. I want it to make money. Otherwise, I'm sacrificing a lot of time from my family if it's not being successful. So what is worth giving up control of necessarily to get that traffic? And so it is hard, but I... So far, it's worth it, um, but it is, it's definitely a struggle, and I think I'm afraid sometimes people will meet me in real life and be like, you're not at all as loud as I thought you were, and I'm like, no, I hope I'm not. So anyways, figuring that out has been tough. Have you ever encountered a situation where you felt like, you know, being the, quote, obnoxious girl would get you what you wanted traffic-wise or income-wise, but it kind of went against I don't know, something deeper that you believed or have you ever had to kind of pick sides in that way at all? I don't think I have. I think if it came to that, then I probably wouldn't post, you know, obviously, because I think there is that line where you would say, I'm not going to do something. I don't know what it would even be. So I haven't had to do that. But I think just it's more just that mental do I really like I even had somebody comment once they said, whenever I see that it says, 32 ideas on something I don't even click on anymore. And I'm like, well, I'm really sorry you don't, but it really does help. And so I ultimately have to look at, you know, what's the win here and if, if it's worth it. You know, and some things obviously wouldn't be worth it, but figuring out what is worth it has been important for me. Well, Lori, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We have definitely learned a lot. And again, it's just, it's always fun to talk with a down-to-earth mom who, you know, maybe never thought she was going to make a full-time income from her blog, but, you know, you kept going and you've done it and you're giving generously. We just, it's been great chatting with you. As we wrap up, we love to ask all of the moms we interview if they have either a funny or adorable mom moment they can share. One of the cool things when we were probably about a year ago, my kids have a love hate relationship with me working because we don't, because of the way we started, we don't spend any of the money that we make. It all goes to savings. So we don't see anything. So our life really hasn't changed a whole lot. And so they struggle, I think, sometimes with how much I work and how much I put into it because it's like, well, what are we getting? You know, you're working all the time. Nothing's changed. We're still, you know, we still live in on budget. We still do everything the same. But we were out in a restaurant and a really sweet mom that I knew this was, we had gone back to visit Alabama. She happened to be sitting there with her family and they had their adopted little girl from China. I think from China. I could be wrong on that. But she looked at me and she introduced me to her, she and her husband and she said, you're part of the reason we were able to adopt her because we saved so much money by using the tips on your site. And so my daughter happened to be there and I didn't even really realize, you know, obviously it meant a ton to me, but about a week later, my daughter and I were talking to my sister-in-law and she said, she said something about the business and she said, well, mom, you know, you're helping people think of how you help that woman get her little girl. And so the fact that she just saw it was just a really neat, just a really neat picture of just to me that we've been able to do things that I would never have dreamed of. So it's just been a cool opportunity. 
That's incredible, Lori. That that's an amazing story, and that's just so cool. So cool that you're able to. You are clearly helping your readers in so many tangible ways. If a reader is then able to adopt a child because they're saving that much money, which that makes me think I need to read your site a little more, Lori, <laughs> because we've adopted one little boy, but I really would love to adopt again. And and yeah, so maybe I, I need some more money saving tips. That's awesome. Yes, that's so neat that you've done that. That's fantastic. Thanks. Our little boy Holden is, is awesome and we love adoption. So we're yeah excited to do it again. That's awesome. Well, Lori, could you tell all of our listeners where they can find you online and all of your social media sites as well? Well, definitely passionatepennypincher.com if you can go there and look directly because there's so much people are missing if you're only seeing it through social media because we put lots of content up every day. On Twitter, I think it is P. Penny Pincher. I don't tweet very well. Facebook is Passionate Penny Pincher. Instagram, I think, is also passionate, passionate Penny Pincher, and I believe Pinterest is Passionate Penny Pincher as well. So definitely do that, and if you sign up for daily emails, everything comes to your inbox, which is the best way to go. Thank you so much, Lori. We've learned a lot from you today, and it's been great getting to know you as well. Thank you all so much. It's so nice talking with you guys. For the show notes, head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash BBM134. Have you checked out the Brilliant Business Moms shop yet? You can find it at brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash shop. I hope you're having a great week. Now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.